Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, God just does these things when at certain times a year. And uh, so we're in November, you always think about Thanksgiving. And I had been, I guess I'd been thinking about it, and the Lord began to speak to me about it through His Spirit. And I just want to talk about living with a thankful, living a thankful life. Uh, Thanksgiving shouldn't be a season. Thanksgiving, obviously, we know we, we hear this all the time, and especially believers, we talk about, you know, living a, having a thankful heart and a thankful spirit. And, and so Thanksgiving shouldn't be. Uh, just when we eat turkey and uh, but it should be something that we do all the time and when I say should I don't mean that we that we do it because we have to do it it shouldn't be a have to I guess is what I'm trying to say what I'm trying to tell you is that if you live if you learn how to live a thankful life you will see yourself become more content there are many many great benefits to living a thankful life right now human beings are born it seems like to complain uh, I was thinking about this today is uh, the more people move away from God's creation and move into man-made creation in other words, if you stayed in the house all the time, or if you went to a city where all you saw all the time was buildings made by man and paved pavement and concrete and steel, it seems like, and it, it seems like this all throughout history, especially in biblical history, everything we see in the Bible, that when, when men get into uh, a city they begin to turn away from God and they begin to, to lose touch with God. And I think one of the reasons why is because uh, the, the thought I had today as I was praying and meditating on this is, is because if you're out in the, in the country, especially in biblical times, you depended on the Lord for everything. You, you drop seed in the ground, uh, and you got a harvest from that seed, you fed your family, or you sold it to provide for your family. And you were constantly uh, depending on what God would do. So if it rained, it was a blessing to you, right? And if the sun shone, it, it was a blessing because when the sun was shining, you knew that there was something working in that seed and because it was working, uh, one day you'd get a harvest off that and you'd take care of your family. But how many tonight when you was going out to get in your car, getting out of your car, coming to the building and think, man, it's raining. How many? Come on. I mean, you know, that's what I thought. I know David did. She said, Lord, it's raining. Gonna mess my makeup up. <laughs> and, and, and a lot of times what happens when God is doing something that we normally would have said that's a blessing it then becomes uh, you know just something that bothers us so I'm saying and then you then you just kind of get disconnected from God 
and, and the more it goes, all the way back to, you know, like Sodom and, in, in Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, Lot was a pretty good guy until he went down into those cities and he lost touch with the God of his uncle Abraham. And, uh, and so you see that all through biblical history. And, and so then people just begin to complain about everything that once they would have given thanks for. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too wet. It's too dry. Now, a farmer's always going to be saying, I wish we had rain. Or a farmer would, is always going to be saying, I wish it stopped raining. But that's, you know, that's a farmer. But they're always grateful and thankful. So, so we, we tend to then lead a life where we're just uh, walking through life and not taking in life. And when we're not taking in life, sometimes we can lose this, this blessing that God has given us. And that's the blessing of giving thanks and having a thankful heart and having a thankful life. Because I'm going I'm to show you in just a minute some of the benefits of living a blessed life. But one of the first ones is, is, uh, is uh, <clears throat> you know, we know this scripture. So I'm going to try this tonight. And, um, and then, you, can, you know, you can turn to it in your Bible. Or you can turn there, but that's Philippians 4, 8. We know it. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about those things. Now, we know, we, we know that we quote that scripture all the time. But put your mind. So our first thought is here tonight is, you have to focus on the good. You need to focus on the good. And John, in, especially in 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John, the Apostle John talks about God, and he talks about God is love. He talks about the love of God in, in those three. And, and John could really relate to that because he was the apostle that Jesus loved. And, and so he talks about this. And so what I want to say is that thanksgiving starts with God and ends with God. Because if we're going to get our focus on anything that is on good stuff, well, who's the, who, who created good? God is what? God is what? God is what? God is good. That's why I was trying to get you to say he is love, but he's good. God is good. My favorite verse of scripture is Nahum 1-7. It says God is good. And I could just stop right there, but then it goes on to say, and he's a stronghold in the time of trouble. And then he goes on to say, and that he knows those who trust in him. So when you get up, if you think on God, you, you begin to think on something good, right? When you lie down at night, I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you some things that can help you sleep. Put your mind on God. You have trouble sleeping, darling? Ronnie said you didn't say you sleep all the time. 
when Ronnie's snoring. When Ronnie's snoring, thank on God. And, and, and that will help you doze off to sleep. I'm, I'm, I'm serious, though. Because what, what do you do when you lay down at night? I mean, you're tired, you're sleepy. Your mind is, uh, I mean, you, you done processed everything you can process that day, that week. And you say, oh, finally, I'm going to go to sleep. And you doze off to sleep and then something wakes you up and you think about what you got to do tomorrow, right? Come on, somebody. Or you think about what you didn't get done today. Or you think about something that's facing you. Or you think about something that you're not happy with in your life. Something you want to fix and change and you can't. And all of a sudden your mind goes... And that's the way of... That's my imitation of a computer kicking on it's powering up it's coming up it's turning on it booted up and then you can't go back to sleep what I'm saying is that if you put your mind on God when you wake up keep your mind stayed on God stay on him again just stay on him and, and, and when it starts coming in there to think about tomorrow the thing that's got to come up just put your mind on God I'm telling you some stuff that helps See, because thanksgiving becomes when you're thinking what you think about. He says, think about these things, things that are pure, things that are good, things that are lovely. I mean, that's what you need to put your mind on. You need to think on those things. And then here's the, here's the first benefit of having a thankful heart. And Pastor talked about this just last week. Uh, not last week, but the week before last. Last week we were teaching about the uh, motivational gifts. But Philippians 4.11, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. So your first benefit of living a thankful life is having contentment. And, and see, we, we pass over that word contentment so just so readily, so easily, we pass on that, over that word contentment. A lot, of, a lot of the issues I see in the lives of people is that they're not content. Uh, when they go from one relationship to another relationship, it might not be just because they didn't like the last relationship. It's because they're trying to find contentment. When they go from one job to another job, uh, they had a great job, went to another job, but they're trying to get contentment. They, 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 they're not really trying to get a better job. I see pastors doing it, going from one church to another church, another church. Nothing wrong with the church that they left, but something in them some of them, not all of them, is that they can't find contentment. And, and, and Pastor was talking about these motivational gifts and some of the pros and some of the cons. And sometimes people will say, well, it's because I'm prophetic is, because, is that I see things that are wrong, is that I'm a, a perceiver, I'm, I see things that are wrong. But, and that can be the case, but you can't use that as an excuse. A lot of times it's because you just ain't content. You, you're not content. 
And so you need to let the fruit of the Spirit operate in your life then. All right? So now, if you're content, then this next scripture will work. It's the one we quote all the time. He, because he said, in any situation then, I can be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of, of facing plenty and hungry. I can do all things through Christ. I can be, I can be content through Christ Jesus. That's the secret that he was talking about in verse 11 is found here is I can do it through Christ. So if I'm, he said, if I'm hungry, I can be content. I still be hungry, but I can be content. I can make it through. If I'm rich, I can obviously be content. But if I'm poor, I can be content with what I have. And I'm going to show you uh, in just a minute what this contentment will do in your life and the things it will protect you from. So that's the first thing. And then finally, I want, I want you to see this. Uh, this is Matthew 6. This is the Lord's Prayer. And um, it's found in Luke 11 as well. But I just wanted to use this out of Matthew 6. And the Lord is teaching us to pray. And he says, Our Father, who art in heaven, is what the King James says. And that's how I memorized it, you know. Um, but this is in the English standard. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive uh, our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, we have added a doxology to that, which I want to throw in right here. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. What I wanted to show you that for is simply this. I wanted to show you that so that you could see how to start and how to end with God. Put everything in the middle. Our Father, starting with God, who art in heaven, I know your position. Hallowed be thy name. Now, that's, what does that mean? That means holy is your name. Wonderful is your name mighty is your name and you could stop right there if you if you ever can get in your prayer life to just start like that with God and stay on him a while you hear me stay with him a while just stay with him a little while talking about how wonderful he is how good he is how kind he is how how gracious and merciful God is, I'm telling you, child, you'll have yourself a time. And you will, you will, I'm telling you, your focus then starts going away from what you're not content about. Starts moving away from the things that really you can't even control and starts moving toward God. And then going to that, and then in the middle of it, you, you can Say, give me my bread today and forgive me today and help me to forgive Debbie today because she don't need none because she's the most wonderful wife in the world. Praise the Lord. 
And then in the middle of all that, you can, you, can, you can add that doxology. For thine is the kingdom. You go back to God and the power and the glory forever and ever. Start with God and end with God. Uh, if you got your Bibles, say I got them. Turn it to page uh, to um, Psalm 136. Psalm 136. And I'm not going to stay there long, but I want to show you a psalm that I believe will help you in having a thankful heart. So what's the first benefit of having a thankful heart? Contentment. Contentment. And so how, how do we need to start? We always start with God. And before we close our eyes, we, we end with God. And so that's your first thing that you need to do. When you think on good things, you think on God. God is excellent, right? God is trustworthy, right? God is good, right? Now look at, look at what the psalmist does here in Psalm 136. See, and I'm not going to go through this whole thing, but you need to. You need to. I'll just go a little bit. And, and, and you can do this uh, you know, you and your wife, you and your husband, you, 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 can, you and your friend, anybody, they can do this. Uh, and uh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. And then you just, you just start, you start going on this. Give thanks to God, to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of Lords for his steadfast love endures forever. So this is a psalm. This is a song. And this is how you would sing it. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his steadfast love endures forever. Right? And then you do the next verse. Give thanks to to the God of God, for his steadfast love endures forever. However melody you want to put with that. And that's the way you'd sing that song, you know. And that's the way you need to recite. See, this is a practice. You practice this, and you can, you can find yourself living a thankful life. Praise God. And then it just goes on. Give thanks to the Lord of lords for his steadfast love endures forever. To him alone who does great wonders for his steadfast love endures forever. To him by understanding may the heavens. And then you just go on. To him who spread out the earth of other waters. To him who made the great lights. To, to the to sun to rule over the day. The moon and star to rule over the night. And it just goes right down. That is how you, you get a life that is thankful. And you see this. You can take this psalm and you can just do it how you can read it. Read it to yourself. Read it to somebody else. You can read the first part. Let somebody else read the second part of every, every little verse there. Right? You read it and then they read it. You read it and they read it. Then you swap over and they read it and you read it. And I'm telling you, you'll get happy. Come on, somebody. 
So, so I, I wanted you to see that. I'm not going to spend a lot of time there because um, it, it, it is wonderful. It is deep. It is great. It is mighty. And you can see that he gets very specific. And he says, to him who struck down the kings, to him who overthrew Pharaoh, who struck down Sion of the Amorites, Og of Bashan, and he, he, taught, he starts talking that, right? So if I'm, if I'm saying this in my personal life, you know, I start thinking about situations that God has, has changed in my life. Situations, circumstances that God has rescued me out of. And I'll just put that in there. Huh? To the one who, who saved my soul, his love endures forever. To the one who healed my baby, his love endures forever. To the one who got me out of jail, for his love endures forever. To the one who put my marriage back together, for his love endures forever. You see how you can do that? I'm trying to help you tonight to show you how to live a thankful life so that you're not always walking around trying to kick at something. You ever met anybody that when you talk to them, uh, you really don't want to talk to them? Because how you doing? Well, you just ask them and they begin to tell you. And everything they tell you is bad. It's wrong. It's, it's down. And I'm thinking, my goodness. I saw, I, I saw you walk in this building. You look pretty healthy. Saw the vehicle you rode up in. Man, it looks great. And I know where you live. At. You know, you don't look like you, you're starving to death or anything. You know, but you don't, you know, that would be rude to do that. It would be rude to, to do that. But it, it would be good if we could all just learn how to give thanks to live a thankful life. Amen? Is this helping you any? I think we need to have it tonight. So here are some things that I want you to, that you can write down and uh, some things that, that you might be able to, uh, and you can add to it, you can, you can add to it, you can scratch it off, whatever, but you can add to these things. And these are some of the things that, that you could thank God for. Number one, you could thank God for the material blessings that he's given you. We can all do that. We can all look around. How many were here Sunday morning? If you were, raise your hand. Debbie, you was here. Well, everybody saw, the, um, saw that video of the Pakistani church, right? Can you thank God for what he's done for you? If you're driving a, an old truck that's held together with baling wire and duct tape, if you had to do what those people had to do, you got something to be thankful God for. And uh, I'm going to show you why if you thank God for what you got, if you thank God for what you got, and you don't worry about what you got, then God might be able to bless you with something else if you thank God for what you got. But if you complain about what you got, then that's what you're going to have. Do you hear me? All right. Praise the Lord. Second thing is, thank God for the people in your life. I thank God for everybody in this room. Matter of fact, I practice this today. And I do this 
I didn't, I, I didn't do it just because I uh, was teaching tonight, but, I, uh, but I, it's part of it because I said, you know, I hadn't done it in a while. And there are people that I haven't talked to in a while. So I just began texting people, saying, I th I'm thankful for you. I'm glad you're my friend. I'm thankful for you. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for what you do. And uh, I just wanted to practice this principle right here of being thankful for the people in my life. And man, I, I am I'm so thankful for the people in my life that God has surrounded me. You know, my family and, and, and my friends that God has given me. And the people that, you know, I get to do life with in church. And I just thank God for you. And so you begin to thank God for the people. Listen, you, if you thank God for everybody, you start thanking God for the people that's kind of thorny in your side. People that kind of rub you the wrong way. I promise you if you'll start thanking God for them, Start thinking, boy, I, there's a few that I, I mean, I've <laughs> I had to really scratch down and say, I don't know of anything I can be thankful for. But uh, when you do, uh, they'll ease up on you. And watch this. Then they'll surprise you of how much they can bless you just by being, they'll drop some wisdom in your life. There may be somebody that's rubbing you the wrong way that you just like, nah, I'd be glad, you know. But if you begin thanking God for them, you might talk to them one day and they say, you know, I've been praying for you. Hey, did you know I've been, I watch, and they may say to you, I see what you do and I appreciate you. You, you never know it until, because you don't want to hear nothing from them, right? All right, move on. Third thing is, Thanks God, thank God in the midst of trials and, and even persecution. Now, we, we looked at that in 1 Peter. You can look at that in 1 Peter. And it says, don't be surprised by these fiery trials you're going through. Uh, that They're common to everybody. Uh, but submit yourself to God. Trust in the Lord. And in due season, he'll lift you up. Amen. Cast all your cares upon the Lord. For in due season, in the right time, he'll lift you up. So that's a hard one. But I think um, it didn't say thank God for the trials and, and the persecution, right? It says thank, you know, this, this is not the Bible here, right? But it says thank God in the midst of it. In it. That's what Paul said, remember? Philippians 4, 11 through 13. He said, I found the secret of contentment and all these things, you know. So you thank God. And then, um, thank God especially for salvation in Jesus Christ. How many saved in here? I'm just looking for all the hands. If somebody don't lift their hand, but Tommy didn't lift his hand, brother, I need you to come and <laughs> kneel down right here. <laughs> we, we're going to pray through tonight before you leave this place. <laughs> <laughs> so we cannot we need to do that thank God you saved me how do you how do you measure that you can't measure it but you can look back and, and let it start running in your mind how you were 
and then how you are now. So thank God for salvation in Christ Jesus. And then uh, number five, thank God for his continued presence and power in your life. Now, <clears throat> this one right here is something that you need to do and I need to do simply because there'll be times when we can uh, walk through this dry place. You know what I'm talking about? It's like a dry place. It's like a place where you don't sense the presence and the power of God. How many, you know, been there? But if you, if you will, if you'll make this a habit and you will do it intentionally, even when you don't feel it, then you will, you won't stay in that dry place long. You'll come up out of that dry place. You won't stay in down there in long. You'll get out of that. And you won't, you won't be there very long because then you'll, you'll begin to sense the presence and the power of God. How many knows we need that? Need it every day. And then I wanted to put this up here because uh, I think I've already said it. If we begin with Thanksgiving, our problems and needs begin to pale in comparison with his deeds for us. Not to mention, we shift our focus over what he's done and our focus is drawn to his glory. And that's where Psalm 136 uh, comes, in the, comes into being. Remember that Thanksgiving starts with God and ends with God. Now, here's, here's something I want to share with you right here. And I think this says thankful people, right? Yeah. Thankful people are giving people. Thankful people are giving people. Because their hearts are focused on who God is rather than what he gives on who he is rather than what he gives. I know people that are giving people who don't have nothing. When my mama passed away last year, well, probably a month before she passed away, uh, we had to put her into a, a place that she said she wanted to go if something ever happened to her. And so we put her there. And when you start doing that, and Debbie and I are doing that right now with her aunt, you start seeing all the assets, what they got and what they don't have and everything. My mama didn't have nothing. You know, she didn't. You would never know that when she come in church, she, she always dressed good and she looked pretty and always smiled. And she drove a car. You know, my sister gave her that car. And... uh but she didn't have anything. But I tell you what she did. She had you and she loved you. <laughs> well, that goes without saying. <laughs> she anything that she had. And that's why she focused on who God was rather than what He gave. Because whatever she had, she'd share it with you. 
Lord have mercy. Son, come over here. I got something for you. And I and listen, when I started looking at all she had, I said, How did she do what she did with what she had? It's because she had a giving heart. I I go back and look and uh, I knew it when I was a teenager, but I didn't know it, you know. I didn't know how we got food on the table or anything. My mama was a giver. She gave. If she had something, you was going to get it. And whatever she had, you could have. And she didn't have. She didn't have a whole lot. You know, when I'm looking at the dollars and the cents, she didn't have it. So, but that's what a person who has a thankful heart is also a person with a giving heart. And, uh, and I'm going to show you why in just a second. Then... That's Psalm 136. I already covered that. So having a thankful heart not only leads to contentment, and these are the next benefits I want to give to you. Uh, it will break depression. I'm telling you, you can't focus on God and stay depressed if you continually focus on God. What I'm saying is, now listen, I have walked through the valley of the shadow of death. I have sat uh, as, a, as a preacher of the gospel on staff at a church and sat on my front porch and said to myself out loud with nobody around but the grass and the bugs could hear me. I'd be better off if I was dead than where I am now. So I do know what it means to walk through the valley of depression. And it's a real thing. You understand me? It's real. And it can affect you. But what I'm saying is, uh, it's like that dry place. That's, that is a dry place. When you get there, begin to press in and focus on this thanksgiving because it'll break that. It'll break it. But you have to do it. You have to do it. And you need to do it every day as much as you can. And what I find out is when I stop doing that, it starts creeping in on me. Even though I may be, you know, I got great friend, great family, great blessings, it gets there. Here's another thing it'll do. It'll push away fear. It pushes away fear. When you begin to just thank God, thank on what's good, thank on what's pleasing, just focus in on your friends, focus on your family, thank God for what he's given you. Not, don't, don't complain about what you don't have. Thank God how he protects you, how he keeps you. The God is good. And you know, whatever scripture you want to use, you can go to Psalm 1 and 36, you can go to Philippians 4, you can go to your favorite scripture, you can go to the 23rd Psalm, you can recite the Lord's Prayer, you can pray it however you want to pray it. But when you do fear, when it tries to come in, because fear uh, is a spirit, it will come in. When you begin to thank God, Fear is pushed away. And here's the other thing that it will do. It overcomes jealousy, 
envy, and lust. If you got your Bibles, you can you flip to Exodus uh, chapter 20 real quick? If you can't, I'll put it up on the overhead. But I want to show you something here. I said it overcomes jealousy, envy, and lust. A thankful heart will. A thankful heart. A thank, living a thankful life will overcome jealousy, envy, and lust. Watch this in Exodus uh, chapter 20. Start with verse number 3. What does it say there? Right? So what am I talking about here? I'm talking about the Ten Commandments. What we call the Ten Commandments. What did I say about Thanksgiving? What did we say? It starts with who? And ends with who? Look at the Ten Commandments here. Don't have no other God before me. Thou shalt have no other God before me. Start with me and end with me. Period. Don't have, a, don't have another God. And watch what he says in what we call the Second Commandment. You shall not make for yourself a carbon. You shouldn't, shall not have a, a, an idol. Idolatry. So he said, start with me and end with me. Oh, by the way, start with me and end with me. First two commandments to keep God, right? And then the third one is start with me, end with me. Hey, start with me and end with me. Don't get another. I don't, don't, don't. Thou shalt not have idolatry. Oh, by the way, start with me and end with me. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. In other words, don't take me and throw me off in any situation. I'm holy. Keep me holy. Keep me holy. They, they took this literally, and they wouldn't even say the name of God. They, they wouldn't even, if they were going to write the name of God, they fasted and prayed and sanctified themselves. And, and so, watch this now. Yeah, the fourth one. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. It's still about God. So these first four are about God and our relationship with God. And so what he's saying here, he says, do this. And he tells you the reason why. And he said, the Lord did it and you did it. But what he's setting into their mind and into their heart is, start with me. I'm God. Have no other God before me. Uh, don't make sure again you don't get into idolatry. Uh, make sure again you don't get into idolatry by taking my name in vain. And then make sure that you do this on a regular basis. Do this every week. Every week. Every week. Set aside a day for me. Every day I'm telling you set aside a day, a time for God. Watch this now. I'm going to get to it. Honor your mother, uh, your your father. <laughs> Listen, I was watching. <laughs> I was watching. I know I would tell you. I was watching Archie Campbell yesterday on YouTube. I do that. You know what he's y'all y'all know what he's talking about when he's talking about Rinda Seller slop the dripper. That's what I was doing right there. Your father and your mother. <laughs> y'all gotta watch me. Now, look at here. 
because, I'm going to go back to this one, but because you put, start with God, you end with God, you start with God, you end with God. It's all about God, all about even the Sabbath, keeping the holy is all about God, starting, keeping God at the focus. If you do that, you will honor your mother and your father. You will not murder. You will not commit adultery. You will not steal. You will not lie. And you will not covet if you get God in the, in the first four commandments, as we call them. He's saying, get right with me. And if you will do the first four, you ain't got to worry about the other six because you're going to keep them. Do you hear me? Now, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. If you have a thankful heart, if you live a thankful life, it will overcome jealousy, envy, and lust. It's all wrapped up in those last six because Cain killed Abel because he was jealous. That's murder. You know, uh, stealing comes because you're jealous of what somebody, somebody's got what you want, you steal it. Coveting is the same way. Adultery is the same thing. Lust comes from that. So if you live a thankful life, you'll cut all this stuff out of your life. See, that, that is a benefit of living a thankful, contented life is that you won't get angry so easy. You won't want to steal nothing. You won't be looking at what the other person's got and looking at what you got and saying, they got better than I got. I wish we'd get that out of our society once and for all. Because when we place all of our focus and trust in God, then the rest of it is a no-brainer. Amen? Praise the Lord. So we want to live a thankful life, right? Everybody in here does. And I've just given you some teaching tonight on how to do that. And, and I'm going to sum it up again, okay? The way you live a thankful life is that you start with God, you end with God, and you put God all the way in the middle. Sunday night we talked about the Shema. And you know the Lord was just dealing with me about the Shema. And, and the Lord our God is God. The Lord is one. Hear O Israel. The Lord our God is God. The Lord is one. And the Lord just was speaking to me about that. And he said you know if you put God. If you make him the sinner. Nothing can influence or affect you outside of God. And everything you need, God will supply. That that's just sums it right back up. So to live a thankful heart, you need to be intentional. You have to. You've got to practice this. In, in those, what we call the Ten Commandments, and... Um, The 
where he taught, he was saying to the people, be intentional. So do this Sabbath every week. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. So if you're careful, if you watch, you, you, won't, you won't get away from the Lord. Is that, that kind of simplifies it up. You won't get away from God. You won't walk off from him. You, you won't forget about him. Like I was talking about earlier, you won't start seeing blessings from God and saying, man, that's an aggravation. It's an irritant. It bothers me. No, it's a blessing from God. And so you begin to think that way. See, our country is so mixed up, just mixed up. You know, one of the greatest blessings that God can give anybody is a child, right? Would you agree with that? Even though they aggravate you, even though they cost you all your money, wouldn't take nothing for them. Well, you know, a lot of the country don't agree with you. A child is nothing except something to be disposed of, something to be thrown away, or something to be used. And I, I pray. See, we, you know, we had this election yesterday, and I voted yes on amendment two, and that was a great thing. I'm glad to see our politicians do something. But I, I you know, that's not going to change anything. Uh, you know, we've got all kind of laws on the books about about you know don't kill nobody brother John goes over to prison and deals with all those people they knew those laws when they broke them they don't, the laws don't stop them the only thing that's going to change them is their hearts be changed by Jesus Christ so boy I went down a rabbit trail right there didn't I I wish we could, we could see what God has given us, not as a, as a, as a inconvenience, as a curse, but as a blessing. But if you don't live a thankful heart, that's what happens. See, so that's taking it to the to the ultimate. That's taking it, you know, to the ultimate. But it, it's the commonplace now. Thank God for who he is. Thank God for who he is. I'm telling you, if you'll just thank God for who he is, you might not ever get to the part where you thank God for what he does. But thank God for who he is. Thank God for what he does. Thank God for who he brought in your life. Thank God for saving your soul. Thank God for filling you with his power. Thank God for filling you, sensing his presence every day in your life. Thank God for then name the specifics of everything. And you won't have time. Just start saying, now, Lord, uh, do this for me. God bless me with this. God help me with this. You'll, you, you'll, you'll be so focused on God. And then what happens is when you have this thankful heart and you focus on God, his blessings flow. Amen? All right. Stand to your feet. Let's pray tonight. And we'll pray over all these needs. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hey, can you do this?
Think about about five people that maybe you hadn't talked to in a while. Or maybe you've talked to them but you hadn't told them how thankful you are for them. Maybe five. I'll give you that number five and you might go with five and maybe not stop. But this week, won't you reach out to them some way or another? Talk to them, call them, text them, have you communicate. Let them know that you're thankful for them. I had an opportunity several years ago to meet some men who I thought were dead that had a profound effect on me when I was a young man, not even saved. And God brought, and, and I, would, I had said over the years, I'd say, I wish I could just tell them one time. I wish I could have told them before they died how much they meant to me. Because without them, I don't know where I've been. And you know what? God began to put them before me, and they weren't dead. I began to see them. Walked into Mobile Infirmary one day. Debbie's dad, James, was having open-heart surgery. And I walked in, and I saw a man sitting behind the counter that I thought was dead 30 years ago. He was my scout master when I was 13 years old and the meanest little skinny boy you ever saw. I'm telling you. He looked at me, <laughs> and I said, Mr. McHenry, do you remember me? I'm Don. He said, yeah, I remember you. I thought you'd be in jail. <laughs> I said, no. I said, you won't believe what I'm doing. And then I told him, and he said, I sure don't believe that. He said, but I'm, I'm thankful. But I was able to tell him, um, you'll never know. He said, you know, I didn't, re I didn't know. He said, I didn't, but I'm glad you told me. So find some people. Think about some people and tell them what God, uh, what they have meant to you. And just start figuring out ways to be thankful intentionally.